Welcome to episode 44 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, New York Times bestselling author Gretchen Rubin stopped by the podcast this week. We chatted about her book, The Happiness Project, and its selection as our one book 2015 for Thomas County. Later in the episode, I also chat with Executive Director of the Thomas County Thomasville Chamber of Commerce, Lauren Basford. Lauren and I are both on the One Book Thomas County Committee, so we'll be sharing all of the details about One Book 2015. Before we get started, let me just remind you that if you are new to the area or new to listening to the podcast, you can find full details about One Book Thomas County at www.onebookthomascounty.org. The bookshelf proudly um, partners with the Thomas County Public Library to bring this event to town every year, and um, I hope that if you are locally listening, you will find your way to the website and to some of our events, and even if you're a friend from afar, maybe you can take some of the ideas that we implemented here in Thomasville and take them into your own communities. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi Gretchen. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me today. Oh I'm so happy to be talking to you. Um, Thomas County is very excited to see you come to our neck of the woods in just a few weeks. Um, and I kind of wanted to give people a preview of what we can expect when we see you in person. Um, your last few books have really kind of set you apart, I think, as an expert on happiness making and habit building. And I was curious, in the writing of these books, which tricks of the trade or tools do you find yourself continuing to recommend to people um, who maybe come to you looking for advice or wisdom? Well, one of them is that you really have to think about what is true for you. And that's true for habits and it's true for happiness because we can build a happy life um, and our good habits only on the foundation of our own nature, our own interests, our own values. Um, So, for instance, um, I realized that something that was true about me uh, is that I'm an abstainer. And I talk about this better than before. When when it comes to giving... uh, fighting strong temptation. Some people do better when they have none, and some people do better when they have something a little bit or sometimes. Mm-hmm. And once I realized this was a true for me, that like I can have none, I can have no ice cream, right. but I can't have a little ice cream, then it was much easier for me to form my habit. So a lot of times I'll say to people, well, are you an abstainer or are you a moderator? And that is a really, uh, that's a really helpful thing for them to realize. Are you a morning person or a night person? A lot of times night people keep trying to do things in the morning. It's like, well, if you're a night person, it's unlikely that's going to work. Um, yes. So those are things that can that really help people. Yeah, I really, so that was a point you made, too, in the Happiness Project. I think one of your secrets to adulthood was be Gretchen. Yes. And I really I really like that because it's a reminder that the habits that we form are only going to be able to be formed if we take into account who we are and our personalities and what we what we like and how we function. No, and you know, a lot of times people are like, Oh well this is what Steve Jobs did or this is what my <laughs> sister in law did, so if it worked for them then it'll work for me. Well it's like, Well maybe it will, but maybe it won't, you know. Right. But we really have to think about what's true for us. And one thing that I've found is really helpful is for people to say, when have I succeeded in the past? Mm. Because what was it about the past that made it easier to, to do 
do a particular thing. Like if you did a better job staying in touch with your friends, if you did a better job going to the gym, mm-hmm. what was it then that's different from now? Because that might have an important clue about how you could set things up for yourself. Absolutely. Um, have your views changed on happiness? How have they changed since you very first published The Happiness Project, which I think was about six years ago? You know, I don't think that my views have changed so much. I think they've deepened. I think there were a lot of things that I sort of understood that I didn't really quite understand. Mm -hmm. Like, I understood the importance of... um, of taking care of the body, you know, because your 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 emotional experience is always going to be a reflection of your physical experience to some extent. But like as I've gotten more and more research and thought about that more and more, I've realized like how important the body is. Right. Um, you know, it's always with us. It's always going to be, and and it's hard to have self command. It's hard to feel energetic and um, and you know cheerful if your body if, if there's if there's issues with your how comfortable you are, how cold you are, if you're hungry, if you're exhausted, um, and and so that's one thing where it's much deeper. Or like the influence of um, novelty and challenge. When I started out, I thought, oh, novelty and challenge might make some people happier, but I like familiarity and mastery. Right. But more and more, and just time has shown this to me over and over again, that novelty and challenge do bring happiness. They're, they, they're hard because they often bring insecurity, resentment, frustration, um, but then there's all this great stuff that happens. Like, I just started a podcast with my sister. Yes, I love it. Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Yes, I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, when we started, we like, we knew nothing about it. It was this whole new thing, a whole new responsibility. Was it going to succeed or fail? Um... But we, but we did it, and there was a lot of frustration and anxiety. Right. But it, it's turned out to be so fun. My family and I just got a new puppy. Yes. And <laughs> it's a whole new world. And, like, I've been reading all these books and going to all these stores that I've never been to. And I'm getting up at 530 and, you know, spraying my enzymatic cleaner on the carpet and all that. <laughs> but it's so fun. Right. You know, but it's also, it's also grueling and frustrating and time-consuming and... Um, but so novelty and challenge. So more and more I'm seeing things that I kind of understood, well, I was actually just beginning to understand. And it's only as I thought more and more about it and as my own life experiences move forward, uh, I understand things more deeply. That makes sense because I, what I do really appreciate about your books is that each one clearly can stand alone. You can read each one individually. But I have read um, Happiness Project happier at home and better than before and I loved that each book kind of built on the other so you can read them standalone but really if you read all three of them I mean I have truly I have changed some of my habits I started wearing a Fitbit and um, counting my steps because I realized I set goals and that when I set goals for myself I meet them but unfortunately then my habit drops off after the goal is met and and so anyway reading all three of your books together you definitely can see how they build on each other which I think is really cool Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. was definitely the intention, but I'm glad to hear it actually worked out that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing also I enjoy about your books and that I've heard from customers and other readers is that they really like the inspirational, thoughtful quotes that you intersperse um, in your books. And I was curious if there's a particular quote that you find meaningful during this season of your life. You know, I have to say one of my favorite things about writing a book is being able to 
put it, interlard it with all my, these quotations that I love so much. You know, I have this daily email where I send out a quotation every day, and I love it. People are like, how do you have all these quotations? I'm like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how many quotations I have. <laughs> it's so exciting for me to get them out in the world because I love sharing my, my favorite things. And it's hard for me to pick one quotation, but I think one that has particularly haunted me lately um, is one from the novelist John Gardner, who said, every time you break the law, you pay. Hmm. And every time you obey the law, you pay. Hmm. And I think I've been thinking about this a lot because um, in thinking about habits, it's like, you pay either way. You can stay up late, but then you pay in the morning, or you get a bit, or you can go to bed early, but then you feel great in the morning. So, right. um, so that's one thing that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, yeah, that that but, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but and, there's a lot. That I just have them running through my head constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's one of my great my great pleasures is put using quotation. Um, the one that frequently comes to my mind just recently, just in my work and career is, um, it was in this book, uh, by Robert Farrar Capone called Supper of the Lamb, I believe. And it's this quote about, um, when you're chopping a carrot, chop the carrot, meaning stay, I tend to kind of multitask, which I think can be great. Um, but I really do like this idea of stay stay on the task you're doing, be mindful of what you're doing and don't drift to another, to another thing. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think quotations are great because sometimes like having somebody sort of some, you know, genius writer articulate a thought and, or like somehow when somebody finds the words to express something yeah. that maybe you felt in your, yourself, you have never quite, it's never quite reached your conscious awareness or you've never quite been able to put it into words in a succinct or a, or like a beautiful way. When you see that, then I, I, you know, like I see that people put quotations on their, on their, they tape them to their monitors at work or they put them on the, on the uh, footers of their email or something. And I love that because I really do think that sometimes having these words in front of us can really help shape just, I mean, that thing about the carrot, it's like, if that's running through your mind a few times a day, it's probably really going to make a difference in the way that you approach your life. I mean, because somehow that, that imagery has just caught your imagination. Right. Now, I have to ask because The Happiness Project is a book that we have selected for our whole county, our whole community to read. Um, So it's one that we're discussing together um, in the grocery store and at church and on the street. And I'm curious, is there a book you wish your whole community would read together? You know, I feel like this is like a very cliche thing to say. but Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I just mm. love that book. I feel like you can never come to the end of that book. Oh, and think about um, all the discussions it, it, you could have. Huh? All the discussions you could have it, with your... Yes, and it's, and it's, it's, it's written, it's, it's gripping, it's a page-turner, it's not that long, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yet it's so profound and so uh, haunting. Um, and I just think that I just, I love that book and I've read it many times and every time I read it, like different passages jump out at me as the ones that are sort of like, um, the ones that I would underline or, 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 and so I think that, and I know, I know many communities picked that book and so I feel like it's an obvious choice, but it's an obvious choice because it's a, it's an 
obvious choice. It's a was, great book. I was about to say, just because it's an obvious choice doesn't yeah. mean it's the wrong one. <laughs> yes. And, like, in like some, cl- some classes you read and you're like, eh. I mean, I feel good that I read it, but maybe it wasn't so fun. Right. This is a book that will keep you up at night. Like, you're turning the pages. Because right. it's so gripping. And that's what you want in a one-book yeah. selection. You want a book that people who don't normally read are going to, that's accessible to them, but also that doesn't talk down to people. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great choice. You know, a more eccentric choice, but a book which, again, is short and I think incredibly gripping and would lead to so many fascinating discussions is John Krakauer's Into the Wild. Oh, yeah. Um, I went through a period of being obsessed with that book. I, like, got the, like, you can buy the do- a book that has all the documents that he used. And, yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating book. It's a book about the United- America. It's a book about the wild. It's a book about becoming an adult. I mean, it's, and it's a page turner and it's based on a true story and John Parker is an amazing writer. Um, it's a fascinating book. Yeah, as a as somebody who has been on this one book committee planning activities all around these books every year, I can already in my head picture, oh, I know exactly what kind of events you could have around in okay. the wild. <laughs> <There> is, <right? laughs> You've learned what kind of what works and what doesn't work and, yeah. and uh, how you set it up, yeah. Exactly. Um, well, before we close today, I've got to ask you the question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, which is, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, I just finished a book, uh, like, you know, uh, a little while ago, you know, a couple of hours ago, um, and I, because I got a puppy, as I mentioned, I've been obsessively reading dog literature, uh, which it turns out there's this gigantic literature of people uh, writing memoirs about dogs. Yes. So I just finished A Dog Year, 12 Months, Four Dogs and Me, by yes. John Katz, and the book that I'm extremely excited to pick up um, is the book everybody's talking about, um, A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihira. Oh, it's Yanagihara. so good. It's so good. I know. I've heard it. I sort of have been waiting because people are sort of like, you kind of have to have time. You're going to just want to sit down and read. Oh, yeah. So I didn't, I wanted to start it like near a weekend where if I just, all I wanted to do was read for like, you know, do a lot of reading solid. Exactly. No, that's a great, definitely set aside a weekend or just a few days because you'll, once you get started, you won't want to put it down. And it also just really sucks you in. Like, it's just a powerful story. That's Um, what I've heard. Yeah. I read People in the Trees, which is an earlier novel by her, and I loved it. Um, So I'm really excited to read it. It's also, I have it in hardback and like, I don't want to travel with it because, you know, it's like that whole, so I'm like, okay, I've got the perfect weekend. Um, It's just a rain here in New York City. So, okay. I'm ready. Yeah, it's hefty, so you don't want to take that yeah. one on the plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not you're not stick it in your bag to like yeah stand in line. You um prob- you should pick up the um, poetry book by Mary Oliver called Dog Songs. No, everybody on my <laughs> on my blog I said like oh here's some of the books that I've been reading. What would you recommend? That book has come up over and over again as people saying so moving, so beautiful. You need to get it. And it just came out in paperback, although poetry books, sometimes I like the hardbacks, but, um, but it was just released in paperback. I think you'd really enjoy it. Oh, terrific. Oh, excellent. On my list. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to, um, kind of, at least metaphorically, come to Thomasville. (laughs) Yes, well, I'm so excited to be coming soon. I am too, and we will um, see you in October, uh, October 27th at the Thomasville Center for the Arts. Gretchen, thanks again, and we will see you in a few weeks. Excellent. Thank you, and happy reading. Thanks. We're going to continue with the one book theme and chat now with Lauren Bassford. She is the executive director of the Thomasville Thomas County Chamber of Commerce, and she is on the one book committee with me. Hey, Lauren. Hey. 
Uh, welcome to my house. Thank you. <laughs> now that I'm like perched upon your couch, yeah, no shoes on. This, we do this real comfort <laughs> casual. Um, all right, so let's talk about one book. How did you become involved with the project? I was very fortunate to become involved last year, actually. Um, Part of what the Chamber does is, um, you know, our mission statement is to create a dynamic community where businesses can be successful. Well, a big part of that is having a workforce that is employable here. Mm -hmm. And especially in Southwest Georgia, that can be kind of a challenge. Yeah. So anything that the Chamber can do, and I mean anything that can support literacy, mm -hmm. um, we try to do because really it boils down to workforce development. Okay. And so... While none of that sounds very interesting or great snooze. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what I love about this project in particular is while it is able to do that, it also becomes arts and culture as well. Yeah, I like so Nancy Tillinghast, she is um, the what? coolest librarian <laughs> ever. Yeah, she's the director of our Thomas County Public Library Systems. And she mentioned the other day, you know, literacy isn't always a glamorous affair. Yes. I think one book kind of takes it a step in that direction, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, you're still talking about literacy, which some people might be bored of tears with you or I, as nerds, might think that's fascinating. Um, but yeah, yeah, don't tell anybody. Um, but I think one book kind of puts a fun, exciting face on it. I think that it does, and I think that it makes it less clinical. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start to talk about literacy, you're right. I mean, it almost becomes... Well, there's statistics. An in, and there's an institutional type feel to it because obviously we talk about it so much with education and all of that. But right. yeah, I think this takes it out of that realm and brings it into the realm of arts and culture and more importantly, into the realm of community. Right. Which is really the whole point of one book. So you and I know as Thomas Williams that there is something happening here all the time. All the time. There are festivals, <laughs> events, and I think you as part of the chamber and me as a small business owner, like, there's stuff we have to be doing all the time. Uh, in October, there is the Covey Film Festival. In November, there's Plantation Wildlife Arts Festival. We just got done with Flaunt. Yeah, Flaunt. There is something happening all the time. Why do one book at all? And then why? what makes it unique? Well, I think what makes it unique is I think... Well, let me back up. A lot of these community events, I feel like, bring people together. Mm -hmm. But what I like about one book in particular is that I think it crosses a lot of lines. I think so, too. I think it brings at least what we saw last year. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll tell a quick story. What I loved about last year, you know, Picking Cotton yeah. is a great selection. Really good. Um, and I feel like this year's selection is, too. But I remember when we did the mock trial. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing up there, or I, sorry, sitting in the jury box. Yeah, that's right. You were a jury. <laughs> I was a, I, I, I was the Madam Forewoman <laughs> the jury. Um, but I remember sitting there and looking out into the audience. And first of all, it was a packed house. Packed house. Unbelievable. Second of all, it was anybody from 14 mm -hmm. to 80. Mm -hmm. It was white, African-American, Hispanic, mm -hmm. and everyone was blended together. Yeah. Um, and that does not, you and I both know that doesn't always happen anywhere, but especially in the South, right. that doesn't always happen. But I just feel like this event in particular crosses so many lines, it brings so many people together, and I just love that 
melting pot effect that happens with one book. I do too. And I think that's one thing that drew, I mean, obviously the bookshelf, I'm going to become, I'm going to be involved in this particular festival of books. (laughs) Right, right. So I was going to be involved regardless, but I like that I'm passionate about it. I became involved because I had to, but then I stayed involved because I love it. Well, and that's exactly what was my approach because I was like, oh, great. It's a literacy thing, but we're right. going to do it and it's going to be great. But the more I got involved, the yeah. more important I realized it was. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you're right. I think it's something a little bit different. We do have all these festivals in Thomasville that are so fun and oh, so special. Fantastic. And I love, I mean, almost, you know, almost all of them. I feel like I'm involved in some way, but this is kind of unique, something a little bit different. I think so too. Um, so we have every year when we do one book, this is our third year to do it. We host a variety of events revolving around the book. So last year we did picking cotton. So you mentioned the mock trial that we did picking cotton, um, has some courtroom drama, real Mm -hmm. life courtroom drama. And we were able to kind of replicate some of that and talk about the jury selection process. So we did all kinds of fun things revolving around, and I say fun, but also just really interesting stuff about criminal justice. And it was a thick topic. Gosh, it was heavy. Yes. But I think that we were able to create some events that really engaged people. Absolutely. So that was our goal this year because we had a ton of momentum coming off last mm-hmm. year's project. So this year we picked a book that's a little bit lighter. Uh, it has happy in the title. <laughs> you can't get any lighter. <laughs> that's right. So this is the Happiness Project and what what better kind of fun theme to revolve events around. So we've got, we're going to watch a documentary together about happiness. Um, We've got a night of music and poetry at Grassroots. And then you have helped coordinate two separate happiness related events. What are they? I have. I do love the events. (laughs) That's kind of my thing. (laughs) Um, Actually, I think the two that I've chosen, I'm really excited about. Um, the first one, um, which will be coming up on Saturday, October the 24th, mm-hmm. is going to be an event called Get Well, Get or Get Well, Get Happy. Get happy, get healthy. Get happy, get healthy. <laughs> I'm going to help you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank I did you. the poster. That's why. Yes, you did the poster. I know the... I was about to say, I know, you know the logistics. I know the logistics. Okay, so basically, this is going to be a collaboration between, obviously, the Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. but we've also brought on board the YMCA mm-hmm. and also Archbold Medical Center. YMCA and Archbold are institutions... There, in this town. I was about to say, when we moved to Thomasville, we quickly realized Archibald is what brings people to Thomasville. It is, <laughs> it is so true. And, I mean, amazing that we have this that level of health care in a town this size. Yeah. But even the YMCA. Oh, gosh, it's huge. And here. the fact is, I mean, we have three separate YMCA facilities. A lot of towns this size don't even have one. Right. So, anyway, um, so we have collaborated with them. So, basically, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be in the gorgeous Pecan Grove out at Cherokee Park, hoping for beautiful weather. Gosh, fingers crossed. And I'm knocking on wood right now. <laughs> Um, but we're going to be in the Pecan Grove uh, the YMCA, and their amazing instructors are going to be doing some short fitness classes. Um, the goal of those fitness classes is going to be to appeal to the larger audience mm-hmm. so that basically it doesn't matter what age you are, doesn't matter your fitness level, everyone can participate. I think that is going to be so much fun. I'm coming both to sell books and to participate. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so I think what you're going to see is like some yoga, maybe a little bit of Pilates, some Zumba, you know, I'm bringing my seven-year-old, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think, I think it re- will really be able, it, it's going to be exercises really anybody's able to do. Perfect. Because <laughs> we don't want anyone to feel excluded because, I mean, health and wellness 
needs to be for everyone. For everybody, yeah. So our good friends at Archbold are going to be doing free health screenings. Wonderful. And I believe that's cholesterol, um, blood pressure, all these different checks they're going to do. This is all free of charge. Yeah. There's going to be fabulous happy music. Yes, I cannot, I really do think it'll be fun. I am, my fingers are crossed for beautiful weather because Cherokee Lake is so fun. Oh yeah. And I, I just think this is very different from the programming we did last year, mm-hmm. but I think it has the potential to be just as engaging. I do too, and um, like we were talking about, last year's topic was pretty thick, and what appealed to me about this book when we were going through the conversations about what book to choose was, this is a real opportunity to improve our community. Like, how do we get happier as a community? And health is such a huge part of that. Right. And with the YMCA and Archbold, why wouldn't we take advantage and try to create a happier, healthier community? So tell me about the second event, which also does relate a little bit to health and our brains. Uh, It it definitely does. It's called the Science of Happiness. Okay. Um, It's actually going to be a panel discussion held at the auditorium at TU, and this is going to be coming up on Monday the 26th. That's right. And um, I've had the good fortune of uh, collaborating with Dr. Chip Bragg. Who is... Such a character. He is such a character. He is a local anesthesiologist, mm-hmm. very well known, very well respected, but he is also an author. Yes. So, yes, we carry his book at the bookshop. Yes, yes. <laughs> but he's written several. Oh, he's an interesting cat. Yeah. So um, he and I collaborated on this, and we have four panelists. Um, we have a psychiatrist. Okay. We have an Episcopal minister, or priest, I should say, mm-hmm. who's also a spiritual counselor. Okay. We have an art therapist. And then we have a yoga instructor who also has a background in music and uh, works in activities at one of our local um, nursing facilities. Oh, perfect. So um, we have a great moderator in Randy Young, who's, of course, with the mass media department at Thomas County Central and just you know, local personality. But Yeah, I don't think, I, you know, I always worry, okay, we've already discussed, but like as a nerd, I love panel discussions of all shapes and sizes. Oh, <laughs> um, but panel discussion, you can sometimes think, oh, boring, not for me. But these panelists sound fascinating and the moderator's going to be so good. I think this is going to be a really interesting discussion. I think it is too. And we've even gone as far as to kind of plan you know, because a lot of panel discussions, you know, you see it's a table and chairs and it's all very stodgy. Yeah. Yeah. And we wanted to get away from that. And so hearkening back to my, um, nineties television watching, um, I don't know if you remember the show Politically Incorrect yes. with Bill Maher. <laughs> they had the wing chairs, and they all sat around the, the table, and they chatted yes. it out. So we're actually going to be taking that approach. So Fun. I think you can find it uh, to be very conversational. Yeah, more like something in your living room rather exactly. than some kind of um, stodgy panel. So I think that'll be really great. I think so, too. Um, okay, we've already touched on this a little bit, but what does this type of programming, these type of events do in your opinion for Thomasville you're an executive director at the chamber what do you think this does for our community I think that you know one of the things I talk about a lot when I talk about Thomasville is the fact that we are an anomaly mm-hmm. I mean really for a town this size in southwest Georgia I, people are always shocked they're <laughs> shocked when they come here and they see what Thomasville is yeah I mean I even sometimes equate it to being like the Athens of South Georgia. Yeah, that's a great way to put it because I think we're always talking about um, Savannah and Charleston. Mm-hmm. and But I like, I think the Athens comparison is a little bit more accurate. Well, and I, I just feel like, 
that it's events like this that lend to that character. Yeah. And, um, you know, while we have, you know, fabulous downtown and we've mm -hmm. got great small stores and, yeah, <laughs> and we've got all these things that create an appeal, but I feel like this is more of the heartbeat. Yeah. I absolutely. think it's things like this that really set us apart for other, other communities our size. Yeah. We're the only, to my knowledge, we're the only town in South Georgia doing a one book event. So one book programming is nationwide. I mean, lots of uh, cities and towns do one book, but frequently it's cities like Chicago mm -hmm. or Boston. And well, you, look at it this way. I mean, within a month, we will have had two New York Times bestselling authors in town. Right. Which is amazing both for my business and for, I mean it is like it's great for my business but also like if I just lived in Thomasville that would be fantastic how cool is right? that really cool uh, on the heels of a film festival right where we have renowned actors who are in town we're right. showing amazing feature films and right. so the fact that we're going straight from a film festival into this one book festival yeah. and we're I just can you think of another town where no. these things happen? No, I think, and I think the timing is perfect. It's Shangri-La. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's no better place for a nerd to be than Thomasville, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast, including Gretchen Rubin. Oh, I'm nervous. I know. What are you reading right now? <laughs> that is a really loaded, you're a busy lady. That is a really loaded <laughs> question, but I will say um, I have a seven-year-old daughter. Okay. Doris, a.k.a. Dodie. Dodie. A.k.a. The Doe. <laughs> um, Dodie is in second grade and has started the AR reading program. Okay. And so every single night mm -hmm. we read a new book. Mm. And um, we actually, the rule is we have to read it three times. Okay. So she reads it with me. She reads it to her little sister as her bedtime story. And then I love, because when I put her to bed at night, mm -hmm. she leaves her bedside table lamp on and she'll read it one more time oh my gosh and so really that's what I've been doing um because I'm kind of new to the second grade mom stuff yeah and yeah, she's a big kid now she is a big kid yeah. and and I reached out to her teacher and said what is the best way for me to help her be a, a avid reader mm -hmm. and she said you know this is what you need to do you need to sit down and read with her every night mm -hmm. and so that's really the reading I'm doing. Yeah. So a lot of Junie B. Jones. Hey, nothing wrong with Junie B. Yeah, we, we were Go Dog Go the other night. Oh, like, fun. that's an old personal favorite. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, soon you're going to have to tell me when she's ready for American Girl books. Like, and I'm talking about the original American Girl books, not the new stuff. Like, no. <laughs> no. not no. the new stuff. No. Let me help. Uh, because, yeah, I've got so many fun recommendations. I love when Dodie comes in the store because she... And she man, she knows exactly where to go. Oh yeah, and she. I really also. It's precious because she'll come find me sometimes and be like, "Which one should I read next? Which what is better than that?" Well, I will say at home, my kids actually ask to come to the bookshelf. But even my three-year-old yeah. will be like, can we please go to the bookshelf? So we'll go. And um, I think I told you guys the other day that when we got home, mm -hmm. they had their little bookshelf bags. And Dodie went to the junk drawer and pulled out the scissors. And she actually cut out the bookshelf logo and made herself a bookmark. I love it. And so it is in the book that she bought. But she, I was like, baby, what are you doing with the scissors? She said, I'm making myself a bookmark. 
I love it. So, this is why Thomasville is the best place to be. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> well, thank you, Lauren. And thanks, listeners. If you have any questions about the One Book program, you can find all of that information on our website, www.onebookthomascounty.org. We have tickets to the Gretchen Rubin event for sale there. Plus, we have all of the information about the events that Lauren and I talked about. So we hope we will see you at some of those events. And as usual, you can follow the bookshelf at www.bookshelfthomasville.com or on Instagram and Twitter at bookshelfteville. We'll see you next week.